I've seen his grandma's hair. She has one of those beehive hairdos that's tall and round and really hard from all the hairspray she uses. I can see why a cicada would land there. A hair cave like that would be a great place to get out of the sun. That's what I think, but Ricky says it attacked his grandma to suck out her brains and make her into a zombie. Ricky Fitzgerald is a dork. Mrs. Kirk sighs the same way she has about 99 times since the cicadas showed up and Ricky started telling his story. Thank you, Ricky, she says. But before Ricky can say another word, Mrs. Kirk says, Bobby, would you get rid of it, please? I could reach up and touch the cicada without trying, but Mrs. Kirk doesn't ask me. Bobby Bowes gets up from his desk and walks right in front of me. He grabs the cicada in one hand and opens the window screen with the other. He tosses the insect outside, closes the window screen, and sits down again without a word. He doesn't say, move, Lily, or anything. He doesn't even notice me standing there. He doesn't notice because I'm invisible. Most people would say that's a lie. They'd say that I'm not invisible because they can see me as plain as day. Most people are wrong. It's not my skin that makes me invisible. It's my silence. My silence and the trick I do with my eyes, where I never look anybody in the face. You can tell everything about a person by looking in their eyes. I don't want anybody to know anything about me, so I look away. I've been invisible for two years now. At first, everyone tried so hard to make me talk. They talked really loud to me and grabbed my face with their hands so I had to look at them. But I just shifted my eyes away and looked at the floor or the ceiling or something else. Anything else. Almost everybody got tired of talking to me after a while. That's when I faded away. They can still see me, but I'm like an old table to them. Just something to step around. Something to keep from knocking over. Everyone gave up on me after a while. Everyone but Dad, who can't. And Fern, who won't. It's been two years and it's getting hard to remember when I wasn't invisible. Sometimes I wonder if I'll fade so much that I won't even be able to see myself. After Bobby gets rid of the cicada, Mrs. Kirk goes on with the spelling test, but I don't stick around. I walk past Judy the spelling tiger and past the rows of kids scribbling wildly on their papers and out of the room. I walk down the hall with adjectives trailing behind me until I can't hear them anymore. Speckled, tangled, futile. I go into the school library and let Mrs. Todd's fan blow hot air over me while I stare at the Nancy Drew books. I never let anyone see me read one, and no one thinks I can anymore. But of course I can. I can do everything I used to do, but I don't let anybody know it. 
I've read all of the Nancy Drew books at least 14 times, except The Haunted Showboat. Some low-life book thief stole that one. Book thieves are the lowest form of criminal. I would never steal a book, but I put them in protective custody sometimes and take them home and read them late at night when no one will see me. Of course, I bring them back to school the next day. If I think a book is really in danger, I hide it and keep it safe until I'm done reading it. I hide it in the gap behind the Encyclopedia Britannica's that runs all the way from ORS to VEN. It's the perfect place to hide a Nancy Drew mystery. Or a Hardy Boys mystery, but who likes them? Even with Mrs. Todd's fan, it's too hot to be in school, so I leave. I grab the clue in the old album from the shelf.